Hi, my name is Kofi Rebong. I'm from Nigeria and I'm the founder of Fell Intelligence Nigeria Limited. In Fell Intelligence, we try to automate the process of inventory management for filling station owners by and we grant them access to their information from wherever they are in the world real time and give them data analytics as well in order to curb field thefts and other discrepancies that they may face using manual methods. Thank you. Um, I made Kofi do this twice because he, he has a very soft voice, so sweet <laughs> and so soft, but I'm going to get you to talk and this is going to be amazing. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Kofi, um, one, thank you very much for being here. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your very busy day. He was just saying, he was like, I'm busy. I'm like, oh, well, dude, I'm busy too. I'm still here. We're busy together. We're trying yeah. to change the world. Um, <laughs> I always say before we talk about the business, we need to understand who the person is behind the business. And so I want everyone to understand where did you come from? So we know that you're in Nigeria because I'm interviewing a lot of people from Nigeria right now, which I'm so, so, so happy about. Um, but you're in Nigeria. Tell me about when you were younger. Do you have siblings? How, you're, how it was being raised? Just tell me everything up to the point where you were in university. And then we'll stop unless you say something really good and I'll stop you beforehand. But <laughs> from your childhood all the way to university, tell me about who you are. Thank you, um, Tatiana. So uh, I grew up in uh, just quite a lot. I'm from Akwaibom State in Nigeria. I grew up in Cross River State for part of my life. And then I went over to River State, Port Harcourt, to have my university studies. I have three very beautiful sisters and one brother, and I'm, I happen to be the youngest of the whole um, of my siblings. Already, uh, I'm going to stop you. Uh, I, I, you know why? I love yeah. how you just said that. I have three beautiful sisters and I have a brother. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean he's no handsome, eh? <laughs> <laughs> that was... I usually I would like let you keep that was so well done that I'm like oh I have to sit there and say it now <laughs> that was that was funny okay sorry sorry to interrupt you go ahead go ahead go ahead <laughs> you know so I studied um electrical electronics engineering <clears> try <throat> I'm gonna try to speak louder <clears throat> I <laughs> electrical electronics engineering from the University of Port Harcourt and I graduated in 2016. Then I went on to become a self-taught um, embedded systems engineer. What I really do basically is to build, um, to write firmware to automate um, um, hardware. For instance, you have your microwave, you set, you turn a knob and it, it knows when to stop warming your food, your washing machines, your elevators, smart cars, and the list just goes on. Um, I'm a musician, that's my passion. That's my, yeah, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian as well, very diehard Christian. And so that's why I apply my music most of the time. I've been playing for 13 years or more, the piano. Okay, uh, wait, wait, wait. No, we're, oh. we, have to, we have to go back, we have to go back. Oh, okay. you, you, you went a little bit too fast, but that's okay. We have time, oh. we have time to talk. This is great, this oh. is what I do. Oh. We have the time to talk. All right, so um, there are four of you. Wait, I'm sorry, three, there's five of you. There's five of you in total, mm -hmm. you're the baby. Um, uh, no, I'm not the baby. Oh, you're not the baby. Who, what, what number are you in the five? Five. You, wait, but no, you just said you're not the baby. So there's five. It doesn't, it doesn't make me the baby. It only makes me the youngest. <laughs> wait, who, who's the youngest? <laughs> me. 
Wait, I'm confused. You are the baby if you're the youngest. If you're if you're number five, you're the baby. Stop change. Stop trying See, to confuse me. I've, I've been having this fight for over twenty years. I, in my family. Go, go ahead. I never. I'm not the baby. I'm, I'm the man. In fact, <laughs> I'm kidding. You I'm are kidding. talking to a Haitian American woman. You are the baby. A five. Oh. You are the baby in your country. Maybe in your tribe. Maybe in the world. You are the baby of five children. Sorry to ruin your day. <laughs> in my mind, actually, it's the same everywhere. Trust me. Okay, I mean, good. I'm, I'm like, and I'm saying, like, I'm listening to you. I'm like, oh, wait, I'm confused by this conversation. <laughs> no, okay. Now that we know you're the baby of the family, how was it? How was it ra- being raised? All right, so you're the you're the youngest of five. Um, how was it being raised in your family and? Why did you choose to be an engineer? Is your father or your mother like? Oh, is there a sibling? Who is there? Someone in your family that is in that in the industry, um, or is it because doctor, lawyer, engineer, tech is the, the four the four things that anyone around the world that's international, everyone's like, my kids need to be one of those four. So is it because it was a pressure of the family because someone else in the family's in it and you liked it? Why engineer? Thank you. Well, this is a story I only share to my very good <laughs> people that I know will not leak the secrets. Well, here's and, here's really and fine. yet you're saying this on a podcast. I, uh, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um I, as the last one, um I I almost got over pampered, although my parents are strict and they are disciplinarians, but there's always that tendency to pamper the last born. My sisters treated me a lot really nicely, my brother, my parents. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> now I my, my parents are lecturers in the University of Calabar. Mm-hmm. So all my life was in the University of Calabar, my nursery school, primary school, secondary school. And guess what? The University of Calabar also has one of the best medical schools in Nigeria. So if you could have guessed, I would have ended up in the University of Calabar all my life and that that environment is kind of like you have everything you need there you don't need to go outside the confines of the, the walls of the university there's a barbershop supermarket church everything sports and all that and so apart from the fact that I really love solving problems and I love um advanced mathematics mathematics one of the things that made me to study engineering was to escape at that time, there was no engineering in the University of Calabar, and I saw it as an escape route because definitely my parents wanted me to have the best. So if I chose engineering, they would want me to go to at least one of the best schools in engineering. So I quickly chose engineering, and I that was how I escaped to Port Harcourt. So that's my story. Please try to edit this part out. <laughs> so the funny part is I don't edit. So I we don't edit. I know. I, I We don't edit. I don't edit because... It's your story. And it's, as a small business, I go, I never want to edit your words. So that's number one. Number two, mm-hmm. hello. That's not a bad thing. Well, it's, all right. So every, so I live in Massachusetts in the United States and we have over 200, over 200 universities, trade schools and uh, universities, colleges and trade schools, over 200 in this small state of mine. Okay. When I decided to go to college, the first thing I said was I'm out, I'm leaving. And my and my parents were like, we moved here. We are from, we're first generation from Haiti. We moved to America, especially Massachusetts because of the schools, because mm-hmm. of the schools. And then mm-hmm. I had the audacity to say, I'm out, like I'm leaving. I, and I wanted to go to California and they wouldn't let me go to California because it was too far. 
And so I got a, I got a scholarship to go to Texas. Still mm-hmm. far, but it wasn't as far as California. We all do it. We, no matter what age. And I'm, I'm the baby of the family as well. I'm the baby. And, and see, now you like it. Now you like being the baby. Yeah, wow. yeah I'm complicated with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is, we, the, the, we don't see the, we don't see what we have in front of us at first, but also we can't appreciate what we have unless we leave. So I love where I live because I travel around the world. And when I come home, I'm like, I love being, I love being home. And when I'm home, everyone's like, you, you stay in the house. I go, I love being home when I'm home, but I travel around the world. So I get to get the best of both worlds. When I'm home, I love being home. When I'm away, I love being away. Mm -hmm. Um, The education that I received from anywhere around the world, I see, I take everything that I learned from home and then I put them together. So for you, you, I mean, again, you didn't answer the question. Do you have engineers in your family or no? You're the only one. No. Yeah. You're the only one. So for you, you have seen the education system. You have seen your family and your, your, your parents, your siblings. I think it was amazing for you to go and experience it and see how it was elsewhere. Now, where do you live now? I live in Scotland, um, Linlithgow, Scotland. Wait, you're in Scotland? What? Oh, this story is getting better. So wait, <laughs> wait, wait. A Nigerian living in Scotland? Oh, friend, let's talk about <laughs> let, Let's talk about this. Because, because I'm thinking, I'm like, I go, okay, not a problem. You're in Nigeria, okay. So I just assume you got your degree and then you went back home and you're at home. What are you doing in Scotland? How did you get in Scotland? What's happening here? <laughs> oh, so much. Where do I start from? My Nigerian Scotland. in Scotland. This is awesome. <laughs> Scotland is a very beautiful place. So I've like, been there many times. I know. I mean, I, I, like, I, have, I used to have friends in Glasgow when we were younger after Christmas. So in my 20s, after the, the second Christmas would happen on the Christmas is on 25th, 27th. I was on a plane in Glasgow. <laughs> best yeah. parties best best <laughs> parties okay all right i'm sorry so excited that you're in scotland right now oh so much fun all right go ahead tell me tell me how did you get there oh well um apart from my startup um you, you did mention that you run quite a number of startups i also have um well i won't call them startups apart from fairly intelligence i have a number of other projects i've been doing just basically what drives me solving problems so when i see a problem i try to solve that with embedded systems and i saw that um my country is not exactly the 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 type that is keen towards manufacturing and um uh, my specialty is quite it's rare um it's rarely put in use in nigeria and so i started exploring other options where i could really put myself to use gain more knowledge and experience so that I could bring back this tech to making things better in my country. Because of course, um, one of the things I'll tell you about later is my my drive, <clears throat> which is that Nigerians don't believe in their own products because they, you know, for, for whatever reason. And because of that, it doesn't challenge, it doesn't challenge people. Now this for hardware, it, it doesn't challenge a lot of the citizens to go very in-depth in specializing in hardware development. So they tend to just outsource. And so one of the things that drives me is to change that narrative. So I'm out here in Scotland, working amongst the best engineers in the UK and learning about their systems, their processes. And I'm able to bring that 
back into my startup, back into the product that we develop for our own environment. Because yeah, no matter how much you want to outsource and bring in solutions from other countries, they will never exactly address the problems you're facing because some of those problems are very unique to the environment. And so it's very key to get the knowledge, get the technical expertise, but then bring it in and innovate to suit your own problems. So that's that's one of the things that drives me. And so that's why I came here to the UK. How long have you been in Scotland? I've been in Scotland for three months. I've been in the UK for about seven months. So it's it's been quite a recent move for me. Um, what how, how are you adapting? Ah, very lovely question. <laughs> it's it's been a shock. Trust me, it's been a, it's been a real shock for me. I literally because I'm, I'm, I don't know if this is a thing with last bonds. I'm, I'm mostly always indoors. So, um, so it's gotten worse here. I, I could stay two weeks and not step out because I have my fridge stuffed up. I have cooked my food. It's all in the fridge. So I don't need to go out, you know. And then apart from that, the weather. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, one of the first things that shocked me was the weather, the breeze that blew my face when I got out of the plane. <laughs> I wanted to run back inside. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, as Scotland is one of the coldest places in the UK, you could, um, it was shocking walking out and seeing ice on cars and, you know, ice <laughs> like, whoa, what? So this is like a fridge. I mean, you could keep your grocery or chicken outside and don't worry about it getting bad. <laughs> I'm not saying I do that anyways. <laughs> yeah. And then the culture, the way people are, you know, the whole, you know, the culture is also a bit of a shock. Um, somehow, somehow in Nigeria, um, <laughs> In Nigeria, you know, it's it's more like you have neighbors and you're just free to knock at your neighbor's house and hey, do you have this or do you mind? Yeah. Well, here you have to be really careful. You don't just go knocking about people's doors or like otherwise you don't know what to expect. You know, just a lot of things that are shocking. But I like it here because the people are so lovely. The government is good, the system works, mm -hmm. you know, um, there's power. I can I'm not really constrained, of course, apart from the fact that I have to pay bills, like so many bills to pay, so many, so much tax <laughs> and everything. Other than that, I love it here, it's beautiful. Um, why did you pick Scotland over anywhere? I mean, like you could have picked I mean anywhere around the world. Why would you pick Scotland? At the moment, um, well, I started out in England. I was I was based in Liverpool for some months. About oh, Liverpool! Ago. I love Liverpool. I know a few Liverpool. Liverpoolians. Oh, I love it, and not just the Beatles. I know actual people. It's <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> like kids that I grew. I mean, like they're they're men now, but they're like well, literally we were kids and we grew up together. And I've been in Liverpool. It's like one of my. It literally is one of my favorite little towns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um. So at the point uh, I got an offer in Scotland and I was excited about the offer. That's at the company where I work for, because I work as well. Apart from my startups, I also have jobs as well. So, he, um, and that required me to move closer to the office so I could go in. It's a hybrid role. Mm -hmm. So that's why I came down here to Scotland. Nice. Um, what do your, what does your family think that, that mean like, you know, like they're, <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, nah, what do they think about you not being here? Because again, you were coddled. They love you. They're the baby. And then you leave them. You leave them. How uh, dare you? <laughs> it's very difficult. I could, I mean, it, it was really an emotional time for me leaving. 
because that was the first time I ever had to live that far. I really never traveled out of Nigeria, you know, all my life. So coming to the UK was the first time ever. It was really hard. I could tell the look on my my dad's because I have a thing about reading people sort of. My, so I could tell the look on my dad's face. And, you know, my dad, the dads are always the macho. But then I could tell the look on his face and even my mom. And, you know, <laughs> it was hard. It was hard. But I consoled myself with the fact that, hey, it's just six hours away. I could hop on the flight and get back, pop in and pop out. Um, I love that you say that because um, I like my mother lives in Florida. And so like I had a ticket um, that was going to expire that I, I bought the ticket in 2020. And they're like, they gave you two years to use it. So it was going to expire. And so I was like, I go, you know, what? I'll just work from Florida for a week. And, and, and she was just so happy. But when I was, when the night before I left, she started tearing up. I'm like, do not cry. Like, dude, stop it. Do not make me feel guilty for going home. I'm going home. I don't live here. So it is, it is heartbreaking because when we're younger, when they go out, we get sad. Like, don't go, don't go out, don't go out. But now it's reversed as they're yeah. older and we are like doing our thing. So, oh, that's so sad. Your dad and your mom. Oh, um, that's so sweet though. It's just so sweet. Um, so your degree is what, remind me of what the degree is. Electrical electronics engineering. Okay. And right after university, is this the job that you received? The no. job that you have right now? No. Okay. So no. what, what, so you graduate from university. What are the jobs that you've had up to the point where you are right now? Right. So um, I tried to be as independent as I could right after university. So I started out doing freelance jobs. Um, in terms, I started building projects, assisting students with building projects. Um, then I got a job um, that would take me back to Aquibo, working as an embedded software developer for a company in, in Aquibo State. Um, I st stayed there for three years and then decided to start my own company, which was Fair Intelligence. Um, and then I also, during that time, I was also working um, with a company based in the US. Um, um, and, and, and the founder have, um, turned out to be my if like closer than closer than just my boss became my mentor and I've been working with him since then. Very, very incredible human being Terry, um, Terry King is his name. Um, yeah, so um, I worked, um, I worked in freelance in consulting and um, education as well. I got the chance to lecture um, <clears throat> at an institute in, 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 in Port Harcourt. So I would teach them embedded systems and yeah. So that was how I was, you know, I was going. However, I, I sort of like wanted more. So that's kind of like what made me to explore other options, which was how I came here. So, so how, um, I go, how do they, did you apply for the job that you have right now or did they find you? Did they like acquire you from somewhere else? No, I, I, I applied. The thing about, it's the thing about working overseas, especially in hardware, is that it's 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 usually it takes a lot for a company to just want to hire you, especially if you just come off from somewhere like Nigeria in quote, and you're coming to such a specialized place and mm -hmm. hardware embedded systems. So you it was really a difficult time. You know, they you know, sometimes they don't even give you the opportunity to prove yourself. Sometimes they are just prejudiced, you know. 
you know, so um, yeah, like ah, come on, start, you know, blah blah blah. But then I, I was, I was, should I say, favored to have found to had at, at that time, anyways. I had multiple companies who like were reaching out to me, um, for interviews and stuff like that, and I and I chose this one, so that was like favor, and also I had to work extra hard to kind of like meet up to the standards that they were that they required for these roles because I found that there were some gaps also in my knowledge and experience, so I quickly went on taking courses, gaining the experience needed, and then I got the job. How are you, um, so there's, I feel like there's bar- there's barriers. I mean, being a woman, being minority, being in the United States, being first generation, I can come up with a list of all of the, the barriers I have that I was taught, you do not let anything get in your way. You just like keep on going. And no matter what people say to you or about you, that's a, it's a distraction, just keep your eye on the prize. How are you? And that was like the way I was raised. I mean, like my parents started training us and I, and it, when we were little, we didn't even realize they started training us to ignore words because words are worse mm-hmm. than someone punching you in the face. If someone punches in you in the face, whatever's, I will heal. It hurts. But the mm-hmm. words are damaging forever. They have a deep, a, a words have a deeper cut. So mm-hmm. how, how are you able to well, I mean, you're leaving Nigeria. You've been coddled. You look everything. You are the prince. You are. The prince. <laughs> you are. I mean, the prince throughout your life, your entire life. How are you able to now get out of that whole entire essence of being the person that got everything? Everything just like I mean, you worked hard, but everything came easy, and now you're in a situation where you're like, oh, oh crap, this is hard because I mean, like this is a whole different world for me. How are you not able? How are you not able to hop back on a plane and go back home running? Uh, so <laughs> how do you know? How do you know I've not thought about Because I've been through the same thing. <laughs> I like, went through the same thing. Oh, it's it's very difficult. Uh, I must, I won't lie to you. I won't just sit down here and tell you things that I already have to look so good. I'll tell you the, the very, the truth. It's difficult because um, as you know, even though there's like a lot of campaign against, you know, people discriminating people of color, it's still very predominant in these societies. And then sometimes you find, I find myself not being able to tell the difference between people having just a bad character and people just being racist. And so just to be on the safe side, I just find myself always being, you know, withdrawn and secure. And I'm not that type of person. That's not my personality. So I, I'm the type of person that I like to open up to people. And I could tell you all my secrets. I mean, I just shared one of my secrets <laughs> to you just now. And I just <laughs> met you, you know. But <laughs> having to kind of like restructure my mind and my thinking and my approach, it's just not been so easy, you know. But of course, that's how we all, uh, we learn to evolve. That's what makes us human beings, the ability to evolve and to build like a shield against some of these things that try to weigh you down because you said something very important those words are like seeds that can change you they can change who you are and and, and it's not that you were actually what they called you but when you start to think about it you become what you think you are and then that's just the, the, my biggest fear becoming what i was i was i was never just because someone said that's who i am and i start to think about it so <clears throat> Anyways, that's why I, I, I love my I love my culture, which is Christianity, 
there's a lot of remedies to that. I spend time, you know, praying and meditating, and I spend time with my piano, kind of, I worship and I get lifted in my spirit. And then that strength alone is enough to take me, you know. I won't say I've not had tough times where I even sat down and had emotional breakdowns and all that, but I mean, I came back up and then, well, here we are. <laughs> um, when I, so what, how old are you? Um, I'll be 28 by June. Okay, you're 28. I'm going to be 53 next month. Okay. You look so I, old. I'm so old. I'm so old. <laughs> um, I'm so, joking. Actually, you look oh, old. no, I know, because I know I look good. Okay. I take care of people. I mean, mind you, I, I'm like, I'm, I, I do, my cousins get so mad because they're like, what's your regimen? I go, what do you mean? Like, what do you do to put it in your face? I'm like, soap and water. And they're like, what kind of soap? I go, regular soap, regular water out of the faucet. And I, only have lip gloss on and a little eyeliner because I'm on a podcast, but I don't wear makeup. Do you, I actually thought for a moment, I believed you were joking. Are you actually serious? Yeah, I turned 53 next month. <laughs> yeah. So focus, focus, focus on what I'm telling you. Okay, so when I was, when I was younger than you, so I was um, probably, I had to be probably 20. I was 20. I was, yeah, um, yeah I think I was 20 years old. Um, I left Massachusetts where like, I mean, a traditional Haitian household, um, try it, like speak three languages, um, school, the whole entire thing. And I got into school in Texas. So then I go from Massachusetts to Texas and I'm going to Texas and I literally, everyone's like, I go, do you know anything about Texas? I'm like, I go, no, I don't know. And my parents are like, you're never going to survive there. I go, I will be fine. Don't worry about me because I'm stubborn. I am definitely my father's child. I am stubborn. I'm going. And I think the first year I cried every single day. I cried every single day because in my mind, the whole entire, the stories of the white, black, how whites and blacks don't get along in Texas. I thought I was like, "Mm, that's a lie. And so that was like in the, in the nineties. And so I thought that was a lie. No, not a problem. Every single day I cried because I felt one alone. And I, you see my personality, I have a very large personality. And so I felt alone. I felt the same thing that you're saying that I did not know if you liked me or you didn't like me. And when you said words, I'm like, I go, the words you were just like, they're like, they're like, Oh, you're, you're a Yankee. I'm like, I go, no, I watch, I listen, I watch the Red Sox. I like baseball. And they're like, no, people from the North are Yankees. And we're from the South. I'm like, Oh, I go, I go, Oh my God, you really don't like me. Cause I'm Brown. Like you really don't like me. Cause I'm black. Like what? I mean, I was so naive because I was in a nice, I was coddled. I was in a nice bubble, a beautiful bubble. And I love my bubble, but I wanted to grow because I I met kids my own age that were traveling around the world and I wanted to grow as well. That opportunity. So that was year one. I could have gone home, but I chose not to because one, I didn't want my parents to know that they were right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And number two, I I knew I could, I knew within me that I can survive that. So I stayed there for three and a half years. I became, I, I mean, I became hard though. So I had phenomenal experiences, but I had horrible experiences as well. Um, not detrimental by people, but there were, people were just mean. People were really, really mean. Yeah. And people that were my age were mean to me. But I had, yeah. we, again, 25% mean people, 75% amazing experiences, amazing people, phenomenal. Yeah. So yeah. when I came home, my mother liked it because she was worried because I was so naive. But then she's like, oh, she became a little harder, but she's too hard. So I moved to Australia for a year. And being in nature, being with amazing people, they changed, they, they balanced it. So the naive little girl changed, but the hard 
girl softened and I became who I am where I, I got all the best parts of me back, but I'm now very aware of people and I know how to balance it a lot better. So my advice to you, I'm, gi- I'm giving you advice, go outside, go for walks, meet people. For every one person you meet that's not nice, you'll meet 15 people that are amazing. But if you don't give them the opportunity, if you don't go outside, you'll never know. Yeah, that's, that's, that's absolutely right. Yeah, so so I don't want you to leave because I really, really love Scotland. I mean, I love Scotland. It's like one of my, Ireland, Scotland, I love those places. But I'm, I mean, I walk in and I have this very large personality. And so there's always going to be that one jerk. There's always going to be a group of jerks. There's always, no matter where you, even in, in Nigeria, there's always going to be those people. Ah. But, but once, but you just said that you have an amazing mentor. How did you find the mentor? Yeah, in the US, I just wrote a mail and I'm like, hey, I need help preparing course content for kids. And all of a sudden he's like, I'm going to send you all the support. I'll send you the hardware, everything you need for free. And that's like superhuman. <laughs> and, and imagine if someone in the United States could do that for you and you are across the world, I go imagine the people that are right next door to you. Because again, once you find that right person, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And not just one person, you'll, you'll find a group of people. So that's, that's, that's the thing I'm going to start with you right now. Okay. So focusing back, back to, so tell me about yeah. the business. Tell me about the business that you have. Why did you start it? Cause I know you, you're like a serial entrepreneur uh, or yeah, you're a serial entrepreneur. Why did you start it? And who is, who will get the best benefits of it? Okay. So Fair Intelligence started in 2019. Um, there was this um, Indorama Petrochemical, they had the challenge where at the end of the year, they would not be able to account for how much they spent in, in, in petrol for their vehicles, for their trucks. Okay, so a little about Indorama, they are like a fertilizer company in, in Nigeria. So they have trucks that take these fertilizers from their plants to the ships where they will be sent out to or exported, um, basically. So these trucks, they have a filling station in their company that is meant to serve the trucks and the private cars and all that. So most times what they now found out that at the end of the year, when they were like balancing records, things would not just balance and they would see discrepancies amounting to millions. <clears throat> so someone from there um, who happened to be my co-founder, Cosmos, uh, reached out to me and I uh, yeah, this is the problem they're having. Is there something that we can do Cosmos has a lot of experience with logistics. It actually has a logistics company and I'm the technical person. So yeah, I said, of course it's possible. We can actually make them see these things real time using you know, embedded systems and all that. So that was how we started working on a solution for them. Um, over the couple of months, we I designed a prototype. Um, I actually reverse engineered something that you know, was already existing. And then I made it better to fit their own um, demands and all that. And then while we were just about to, you know, deploy <clears throat> the pandemic hit. And as the pandemic hit, it was like, hey, guys, we kind of like come to the end of this project because the uh, Indorama basically shut down. Um, they had lost a few of their staff. So they had to shut down the plants because of the pandemic. This was like in 2020. Yeah. So it stalled the project until I heard about a competition that um, the NCDMB, which is the Nigerian Content Monitoring Development Board in Nigeria, they held. Um, and then I was like, hey, Cosmos, I would like to apply for this um, for this um, hackathon using our project, do you mind? And Cosmos is like, yeah, go ahead and apply for it. 
So to cut the long story short, I apply, we applied and then we came up the top five, which is like the, the winners of the hackathon. And that was how film intelligence was birthed. Had no idea of making a business out of it. I'm completely technical. I love to solve problems. But at that point, before that time, I was not thinking about business or anything. I just wanted to solve this problem and make the customer satisfied. To be honest, I wasn't even thinking of making money off it. I was only looking at this challenge and I'm like, hey, this is a very big technology, but what makes, I mean, why, why, why do we have to outsource this? We can do this thing back here, back home here. And so that was just what challenged me. And then while I got to the hackathon, we learned a lot about business. We learned about entrepreneurship and that's re-engineered my thinking. And I started to see that, hey, this is a very successful business. And I saw the traction it got, even in the um, in the hackathon. In a lot of, I mean, for us, I've come top five out of over six hundred startups. It's kind of like saw that there's value for this, and so that's how full intelligence was birthed. What or who is the best client for you? Um, you've created this, and I, and and I like my business is a capstone from my MBA program. So I would have, like, I mean, my my marketing firm didn't exist. I would have, I never wanted to work for anybody. I am a entrepreneur by necessity, not by desire. Because in 2008, when the economy was so bad, I had no choice but to go live with my capstone from my MBA program. So you create this business from a hackathon. Again, you never thought of, you never, you've worked for other companies. You never thought this was going to happen. So who is the best customer for you now? Now that you are, you are working, but you are an entrepreneur, you have a business. Um, who's the best customer for you? How, who's the best customer for you? And where do you want this company to go from here? So I'm going to be a bit more general in that answer. The best customer for us would be filling station owners actually the government, um, DPR, um, Department of Petroleum Resources. Mm -hmm. That's because this solution would help them to be able to regulate all the filling stations across Nigeria very easily. However, it's, it's getting into the government. Um, of course, you are aware of, I don't know if you are aware. But I am very aware of Nigeria. Uh -huh. Yes, I'm very aware. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in order to circumvent that, uh, my next best customers would be the commercial filling station owners, because in Nigeria, we don't exactly have self-serving, um, self-servicing filling stations. And with this solution, you can have, the filling stations can become self-servicing and that can save the filling station owners a whole lot of money. And um, so they are my next best customers. And then my third best, um, should I say customers now would be the logistics companies because um, they would um, they would partner with different filling stations and ensure that fuel is actually purchased at these filling stations and not with cash using vouchers. But most times what happens is that these drivers say we have like a transport road transport company like God is Good Motors. So these drivers, I'm not saying God is Good Motors drivers are fraudulent. I'm just using them as an example. So they would make away with cash and not buy the exact amount of fuel which is needed for that journey. And then, or they will buy bad fuel. So the way fuel intelligence works is that God's Good Motors purchases vouchers off the platform for a particular filling station, say NNPC, say Orlando. And then God's Good Motors, all they have to do is drive to Orlando and take the fuel. Each of these vehicles have like RFID authentication so that when they get to the filling station, 
and the nozzles read these RFID tags, they are able to tell, authenticate the vehicles, dispense and log that information. And it's automated, it reduces, removes error, removes the human factor. And so these are like my three customer segments um, at the moment. How long do you think um, before you are live? I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. Do you have customers now? Good question. We mm, we kind of like stalled on our customers. We had a, quite a number of persons, you know, wanting to get on board, but because yeah. of how the challenges we faced as a startup, you know, in getting the uh, different documents we needed, we stalled on them so that we don't just deploy something that is not exactly what we want them mm -hmm. to see and have a bad image. So, but currently, um, we're currently in talks with um, a company in Kosovo um, about strategic partnership, which would, when that clicks, uh, it will just be a couple of months before we deploy. Uh, um, you just said Kosovo. So you, are, are you finding it, will you find, or I just wanted to sit there and say this question the right way. Um, will it be easier for you to work with other countries outside of Africa first and then come into Africa and then Nigeria and all the other countries in Africa? Or will it, or, I mean, like, or did you want to actually start in Africa and work outwards? So the strategic partnership with Kosovo is not, is not exactly to deploy our products there, but um, if there's something we stand to benefit from partnering with them, which would enhance our deployment in Nigeria. So the plan is to start out in Nigeria and spread out to other African countries, then go to third world countries first, then globally from there. Why third world countries? Because they are the ones that need the solution more than advanced countries. So ad advanced countries have some of these self-servicing um, systems already in place. So they won't benefit from all of the features of our products just yet, just maybe a segment of it. And mm -hmm. I, I, we can build like a product with so many features and start with um, a segment that will only benefit from part of those features. So we figured it's best to start with the you know, people that will value it most and then scale up to those um, advanced countries. And How many also, people... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, also, um, because of because of the whole global policies um, around um, going green and low carbon em emission, um, we are we're actually studying to see the effect it would have on filling stations and also seeing if um, we can actually, in the future, modify our products to serve those advanced countries much later, which would maybe not rely on filling stations. So that's why we're starting with third world countries. Um, how many people on your team? At the moment, we're about eight. Um, I, myself. Look, look, where is the location of eight? Uh, we have Kome in the US. Um, she's, she's like the one that does business development for us. Mm -hmm. she has, then myself in Scotland, and then the rest of them are in Nigeria, Lagos, and Port Harcourt, and one person is in Abuja. So um, all, your own global, your own global team, which is really nice. Um, how was it for you when? All right, so the pandemic starts. How was it for you in regards of you're so excited to start something, and it has to be put, it has to stall because of the pandemic, but then you're still man maintaining the team and keeping everyone excited about this how was it for everyone on the team and how was it for you to manage everyone on the team and their emotions it was not difficult so that's one of the things that i was blessed with it's finding 
team members that you know their drive is phenomenal they they they, they are self-driven so i didn't i didn't have to do much work to convince them that hey this is a product that has potential and um they were able to see beyond the current challenges and the state you know most of them you know i won't even want to go into details but i would i would say that most of them were worked for free giving their time giving their passion and their skills and without even thinking about monetary value and all that which is incredible see there are there are wonderful people on this planet it's wonderful people Nigerian. Um, <laughs> i'm kidding hi i'm haitian and i'm a wonderful person hey, it's not just the nigerians i was talking about my team <laughs> oh okay all right okay okay <laughs> where do you believe that the i mean with the technology that you're developing where do you see it in a year from now and how do you see it changing the way that nigerians are living beautiful um, in a year from now when we have executed our strategic partnership and we have deployed our pilots it's going to be largely i i, I forecast that we would have covered you know some grounds especially in the south south and in the west which is lagos and also in abuja um we have competitors but we also have advantages over our competitors one of which is that the cost of our products is going to be significantly lower and then our unique selling point which is um should i mention it yeah should i should i well, we have a unique be, selling point. i was to say be careful of mentioning things you know i'm not editing be careful <laughs> exactly so we have a unique selling point that would change the whole narrative of um fuel um sales in Nigeria and that that would make things very very interesting so i'm very very confident that soon after we launch our pilot that we are going to spread really fast the um i always tell people like oh, you don't have to tell your secret sauce um but it's great that you have competitors so that way you have a secret sauce because that means your competitors every, everyone needs to have competitors because if you have a drive we'll call the competitor will always be keeping you focused and your exactly. competitors will as you will respect them they will respect you if they're the right yeah. competitors companies that do well do well because there's no arrogance we'll there's like no like look uh there's no um anxiety or angst of attacking somebody else they're always working hard because like if McDonald's didn't have Burger King I go they wouldn't be where they are because they're both doing good Coca-Cola and Pepsi they're all doing well and they're competing competing against each other but it's like they are they know they know the industry and they're the tops for a reason I mean there's 10 zillion burger places but everyone anywhere around the world knows McDonald's and Burger King I go there yeah. are tons of coffee places there are tons I mean like you can just name the competitors Starbucks Dunkin Donuts I mean so I I love that when people always say we have competitors. I'm like, good. You should have competitors because it keeps mm -hmm. your eyes on the prize, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, I have two more questions for you in regards to overall the technology. Now, I, I talked about how the technology would help Nigeria, but overall, how is the industry globally? Because, like, in, in your opinion only, how is the industry overall with the whole entire concept of being sustainable, making sure that we're taking care of the environment? We are hurting ourselves. I mean, we are literally hurting our own planet. So. What do you see the future of the industry will be um, with all of these brand new technologies coming to the forefront? Um, will people adopt them? Will people sit there and like not use them? Will, be, they, will they be too expensive? Will they come to a price where we could all use them? 
What do you think overall about the industry? I'm going to, I'm going to try to address that and limit it to the oil and gas industry. So in as much as people say, oh, with the whole carbon emission, zero carbon emission policies, the oil and gas industry is going to be um, um, not very lucrative in the future. I tend to disagree because um, the oil and gas industry doesn't only service vehicles. Most chemicals that we have come from the oil and gas products. For instance, even the our roads, the tar, and all that they come from oil and gas products. So, in as much as you know, there's a lot of policies against you know petrol and stuff like that. It's still going to be there. The productions are still going to be there, and hence our company will still stay relevant because what we see, however, is ourselves redesigning to suit the changes that are going on. Because we know for we know of a set of a certainty that the oil and gas is not going away in the next 50 years. Um, so what we rather would do is to um, remodel our design with the changing with the changes that are going on. You know, so if for any reason electric cars become a thing all around the world and we have that, we have we don't have filling stations anymore, our solution is robust and it can actually start serving those um um um, um the, the upstream as well. So since it's more like if you look at it, you see that our hardware is more for metering, so it can meter just anything, it can meter even food. Um, a lot of the storage tanks, any storage tank can easily be metered with that technology. So we are a lot, we are still relevant regardless of the changes that are, you know, going to be going, that, the changes that are going on in the industry, we still stay relevant. I, I love it. That, that was, that was perfectly said. I just, that was just so well said and something that people can hear and be engaged with. Um, I think that a lot of people out there would agree with you. Um, in the way that um, we know technology will be a game changer in regards of how we do things. Um, it's, as a former media person, it's too easy for us to throw words out. And a person that is a novice, a person that has no idea about the, 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 the industry will just like believe whatever I say as a media person. But I do love that you're educating us in regards of, because you're in it, you're in it, you're seeing it, you're doing it every single day. And I go just the words of educating us about where our future will lie, but also just more so just listen to the conversation. If you, if you are alive and well right now, take time and listen to the conversation. It will be above your grade of, edu of knowledge, but if you just take the time to learn about a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, when it actually happens, you won't be shocked by it. And you will be like, oh, I remember reading about this whether it was 20 years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, et cetera. I remember reading about it. So it's less jarring because I think that people push back when they don't know, but they just hear about it right now. And the more that you can talk to people about what you do and how you do it and why you're doing it, the more people will be engaged and say like, I remember when you started this. I tell everyone that I meet, you are an expert at something that you're doing, whether it's something in the kitchen, whether it's something in electrician, plumbing, you are the expert because you're doing it all the time and we're not. So you are the keeper of such knowledge and we want to pull that knowledge only if you're willing to share that knowledge. So I love that you just said that. So thank you very much. Um, thank you. I have two more questions for you. What do your parents think of you now? Yes, they're sad that you're gone, but all the things that you've done 
you didn't go to the medical field, you didn't go to the education there, but you see, they see all the knowledge that you're there, that you've been pulling in. They see that you're a serial entrepreneur. They see that you're working for these big companies. What do they think of you, of what you're doing right now? Yes, emotionally, they're sad that you're not next to them, but they see that you're growing. Um, what are their thoughts? And also your siblings, what are their thoughts about you taking the world by storm? My, 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 my parents and my siblings are they're proud of me. I see that a lot in the way they talk to me now, at least with a little more respect <laughs> than that, that, of course, in the past where they would just say, hey, that's the baby of the house. That is the baby. He just needs to be pampered. But now there's some, some more respect um, when I'm being addressed and they are super proud of me. But apart from that, they don't feel like I've arrived yet. So there's still the room for support. They still offer support and even even down to financial support. They they offer that. Not that I accept it anyways, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're they very encouraging. They pray for me. They or most of the times when I face those challenges, just the call back home, it gets sorted out because they'll like try to remind you of who you are. Yeah. You know, based on what they know about you. I mean, they are your parents, they know everything concerning your birth and stuff like that. So they try to remind you, remember this, remember how you overcame this, remember how that did. Wow, that's true. Because sometimes we tend to forget. <laughs> we tend to forget. And I'm someone who sometimes I, I, I tend to be a perfectionist. And what I discovered is that as a perfectionist, you only amplify what is not right because you want everything to be right. And you need someone to always remind you to kind of balance those kind of you know, balance things out. So you're grateful for the whole lot of other good things so that you don't get weighed down and they are there to do that so they're like huge 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 support system for me my sisters my parents my friends i love it this is so nice um your musical talents where do they come from my parents my parents mostly my mom because i heard my dad sing and i, I was said it was my mom <laughs> <laughs> so, so does your mom play the piano as well no she sings she, she sings. sings so she sings. sings and are you and do your siblings play the piano as well they all sing hey, can you sing i i sing why well, I, I i would sing for you i would sing on this podcast <laughs> no yeah i didn't ask you i didn't ask you to sing i didn't ask but you to I, sing I, i'm I, just I, wondering I, if you can sing can you yeah. sing yeah sure wait I wait if, can you sing well well, it's I'm not, I'm not the one to tell myself that. But maybe judging from what others have said when I've when I've sung, they've said that they've said that it really sounds nice, and I should consider singing. So, so yeah, I mean, and I'm not going to I'm not going to prove it. I'm not asking you. I was just wondering. I'm just wondering. Okay, that was that's funny. That was all right. So I have one. My last question to you. This has been so nice to talk to you. I love it. Um, but I, it, all things have to come, all good things have to come to the end. And I know you're busy, but I'm busy too. So we, we know we're, yeah. we're busy people. Um, so I, I end every single conversation with the same question to everyone. And there's two, is a two-parter. If you had a personal ask and a professional ask of anyone that's listening to you right now, what would be your personal ask and what would be your professional ask? So the, prof the personal ask, you know, something that you have already addressed, which had to do with how to go along in a different culture, having the different types of people, and you have perfectly addressed that, which is like, go out, meet people. And you, you're absolutely right when you said that from, from like 
10 persons you meet and you meet one bad person, you meet nine good persons. It has been my experience. Very lovely people here, very amazing people. But just because of that mindset of always focusing on the, the one that is not wrong, that perfectionist mindset, it has I've focused there. Now you have helped me to see, hey, don't focus on the negatives, focus on the positives and try to have a balance with that. So thank you. Thank you for that. That has that has sort of like answered the person, not sort of that has really answered the personal ask. And of course, for the professional ask, um, ah, ha, 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 well, money. <laughs> I would like, um, I would like access to investors to my startup. Um, I'm not just for the money, of course. Those, top, those type of investors that understand the industry and are not just going to throw in their money and wait for ROI, but are going to like hold us by the hand and take us to that point where you know we want to be in the next couple of years. And of course, the side effect of that is that you certainly get your ROI, but that's not exactly the focus. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. Um, those are very, very clear, clear and cl- like perfectly clear um, um, wants and needs. And this is why I put it out there where like, if you don't ask it, if you don't put it out to the universe, the universe can't help you. And so I always say like, this is the time that we put it out to the universe. What do you need? And I do love that. Um, I am going to add one more thing about the going out to meet someone. And I said 15 people, not nine people. So for every bet one, you're going to meet 15. Great. Um, every week, and yes, you're a guy, but I'm going to tell you to do this. Can I tell my men and my women to do this? Every week, go to a local flower shop. So you're, you're supporting a local business, okay? Go to a flower shop or a market that sells flowers and buy flowers every single week. Because two things. Number one, someone that buys flowers always gets a good reaction from the person that's like, like that's, um, that you're purchasing it for. So you're supporting a small business. And you're buying flowers every single week. I go, so you're meeting someone automatically. It, it brings such happiness to the person that is actually that you're buying it from, but also it brings happiness to you because now you're bringing brand new flowers every single week to your home. Because I'm looking, I'm looking at your home. There's no photos of the walls. There's no pictures. There's no nothing. I know you're new there, but yeah. these are the, <laughs> the little things where it make it forces you to go out. It forces you to interact with a person. It forces you to support a small business. So not a big, big store. You find a small store and then you, you form that relationship. They see your face every single week. They see your face every single week. If you don't show up a week, they'll wonder, like I go, oh, where is it? Where is he? Where is he? Where's Kofi? Okay. It's like forming and it's getting to know your neighborhood as well. No one will ever, no one will ever, if you're going food shopping, you're getting a little thing, pick up flowers for yourself. And everyone's like, I go, you're a dude. You bought flowers. Because yeah, you know what? I did, but I'm supporting a small business. That's how you, mm-hmm. that's how you check. If someone says, oh my God, you're a guy buying flowers. That's, <laughs> I am supporting a small business. That's what I'm doing. There's a small business that I like and I wanted to find out how to support them. So I bought a plant or I bought a flowers every single week. And, and, wait, and if there are 12 flowers and one of them is bad, you take it out and you still have 11 flowers, just like the people. Exactly. You, Exactly. So, so I'm telling you to remind yourself to buy flowers and look at when one dies, you take it out and all of them still look beautiful. Cause Jody said, <laughs> thank you. I just want to ask, can, yes. can instead of it being a flash or can it be like somewhere where I can buy pizza? I mean, every week I support a small business. 
pizza. No, because no, because you're gonna you can no, because it's too many calories. You don't, <laughs> you don't you don't leave. You just say you don't leave the house. So you're gonna sit there in front of the computer and eat pizza? No, no, no. <laughs> you can, no, you can, you can support. I want you to support as many small businesses as possible. But bad habits. You will. You're gonna go home and your parents are gonna be like, "I go, oh my god, did you eat chocolate?" <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking for an excuse not to look I, weird. Carry flowers around. Flowers, me. you know what? You're gonna you laugh now, but you're gonna see the flowers in your house. And you're like, I go, I go. They're actually nice. They bring happiness. They bring happiness. <laughs> and what girl doesn't want to come to your house and like, I go, wow, he has flowers in his house. <laughs> nice. This is good. Or or just buy tons of little plants because then you have to take care of something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any any way that you can interact with other people. That will like, and it's like, it's okay, you, you just said at the beginning, it's not your personality to be like an introvert. Show people that beautiful smile. You have a, a huge smile. Your smile is so big. <laughs> I go, and I smile all the time. So find ways to show people that you, there's goodness in you. You're not just the person that's behind the computer. Okay. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Kofi, it was an absolute pleasure. It was, it was for me. I mean, okay. I want to all the pleasure. Yeah. So so now you can go back now you can go back to work but it's it's the end of the week so you can you can get your flowers today go get your flowers uh, okay I'll think okay. about it <laughs> you know no, what when I'll, you when you get them you have to take a picture and then like and email it to me my God okay yeah fine. oh yeah you know what I know people lie I know you're lying to me <laughs> you need to you have forty eight hours forty eight mm-hmm. hours to literally or or you know what this is what I'm gonna do you have forty eight hours to get the flowers. I go and and do something for yourself, or else I will not air this podcast. Ooh, <laughs> I'll, I'll get to the. What did she just threaten I, me? I can make it three days instead, at least. So why? Forty-eight hours. Forty-eight oh. hours. Fine. Deal. You have forty-eight hours. If I don't see the email, I'm not airing this podcast. See, that's mean. I know that's so mean. <laughs> I'm making you do something for yourself, and I'm being mean. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Thank my you. friend. Thank you so much.